we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We're not dressed for this. I don't ever bring you guys around me like that. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you Welcome to the Hot and Bravo podcast. I'm Armin, and I'm joined once again by the co-host of the Holly Shook podcast. He claims to be the greatest, uh, but that's up for debate. It's Ryan Alkire. How are you, Rye? I'm so good. Thank you. I don't think I've ever claimed that, but it's okay. Rye, literally at the end of our last Vanderpump Rules recap, you said that you're perfect and amazing and always right. How is that not being the greatest? If you're if you're all three of those things, then you're the greatest. I don't think I said that. You actually did. Well, I forget everything that we say on these things like the second we stop recording. So I have no idea what I said, which also means I'm not responsible for anything I say on these. And nobody can quote me or hold me to anything. So those are the rules. <laughs> I also think you famously don't remember the bits you do that aren't like super prominent bits. You remember primary bits so you could return to those bits for like recurring bits. But if it's a secondary bit, like that was a part of a whole bit you were doing about how you didn't want anyone to DM you if you're wrong about things because you're perfect and amazing and always right. Oh, right. So that's more of a fleeting bit. I don't think you remember those famously. All right. Well, the word bit means nothing to me anymore because you just said it like 45 times in a minute. So I don't even know what that is. Um... Well, also, a singular bit is just a joke. Just comedy slang for you there. Fair enough. <laughs> a bit is like a running joke, and then a, just a one-time joke is just a joke. So it's not a bit. It's not a primary or a secondary bit. It's just a joke or a bit. Okay, you can't school me on definitions after you mocked me for calling Vanderpump Rules a docu-series last week. Okay, I still agree with that. I think that's not what it is. <laughs> I looked it up. It is a docu-series. It's even oh, referred wow. to as a docu-series by The Hollywood Reporter. And I think oh. THR knows more about docu-series than you do. I don't believe that. I'm over it. Right, you didn't even know what a sitcom was until two months ago. And what does that have to do with this? <laughs> now you're just naming things that I've said in the past. Get a life. <laughs> Well, I famously am going to be your biographer. I know. You know more about what I've said in person and online than I do. I don't even know what I've said ever. And well, you can like, quote me to the date. Well, Rai, do you want to plug yourself so people can find this stuff online themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Also, like, I appreciate that you give me a plug because I've actually been getting like followers on oh. Twitter and stuff. I'm like, oh my god. Is this what it's like to be famous? Um, no, it's not. So you guys can follow me actually on Instagram at Ryalk, R-Y-A-L-K, or on Twitter at the real Ryalk. And yeah, I've been tweeting. I'm I've been I, I've told this every week, but I'm I'm watching Real Housewives of New York from the beginning. So if you're a Bravo fan and you like the Housewives, I've been watching Housewives for the first time in general, and I've been tweeting my reactions. I famously only tweeted once all of season four, and it was on the finale. <laughs> um, season four was boring, but season five I'm loving. I'm currently on season five. I'm almost halfway through. So yeah, if you guys, I know um, my girl Michelle has been um, started starting the Real Housewives of New York now. I like to give myself credit that I inspired her to start it. 
based on my Twitter thread. I think you did. Yeah, Michelle, you can confirm or deny that, but whether whatever you say, I'm going to still give myself credit. And yeah, it's been a fun little journey. Right. Are you a fan of The Real Housewives of New York? Would you call yourself a fan or are you still sort of like getting into it and maybe you're, you're not going to be a fan? What, what would you say? Oh, no, I'm definitely a fan. I would say, I would say I was hooked from the beginning. I really was. And seasons one, two, and three, I was like obsessed. Like we watched the first three seasons like in the blink of an eye. We couldn't stop. We would watch like six episodes a night. It was almost depressing. <laughs> um, I would say season four, we slowed down just because... I think you and I can both agree it's it's on it's on the worst side of things. It's not a good season. It's not very good. No. Uh, so I love Roni, but that's just not a good season of TV. Yeah, we slowed down a little bit during that, which was probably great, like good for us, good for our two brain cells um, <laughs> in general. And then season five, we were like kind of hesitant to start because we were kind of like bored of it. And then after a couple episodes into season five, then we like I got hooked again. So I mean, with any show, if you're binging a show, just like however many seasons you're gonna get bored after a while just because you know tv's at least old old tv wasn't made to watch 45 episodes in a week so (laughs) it's a little overwhelming it's nice to break it up a little bit so you call yourself a fan yes i'm a fan and like the problem is i'm watching that and then i'm watching vanderpump rules obviously every tuesday and then i'm watching rupaul's drag race every friday so it's like the only things i'm watching are reality tv and I feel like I have no idea like what fiction is anymore. <laughs> There's no need for fiction when you have such good nonfiction, like the docu-series that is Roni, Vanderpump Rules, and Drag Race. Well, Drag Race is not a docu-series, but no. uh, that's definitely not. We could definitely cross that one off the <laughs> docu-series list. Competition reality show. Um, but, Rai, you keep on ruining my segue. Like, I'm I trying... figured you were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I now figured you figured... You were... I figured you were trying to do a segue because you asked me to like sum it up by if I'm a fan or not. And I was like, no, I'm not giving this to him. I'm going to fuck it up. Again. No, I need it one more time. So, right. Are you a huge fan of Roni? I'm a huge fan of Roni, Armin. Why do you ask? Well, speaking of huge fans of The Real Housewives of New York, this episode is all about Stassi Schroeder and Bo. Really? All that just for that segue? <laughs> Well, it's like, wait, nicely, because you brought up The Real Housewives of New York, and then I was going to ask you if you were a fan. You're going to say you're a huge fan, and then I say, well, let's talk about the two biggest fans. Stassi is famously a huge fan. Yeah, it's a little, it was a little anticlimactic of a, seg- a segue, though. You've had better. I, oh, fair enough. It's, it's a mediocre segue in, yeah. in terms of my pantheon of segues. But let's yeah. talk about it. Right. What did you think of the proposal? Oh wow! I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I just think, was it blah? Uh, huh? Not. I. I don't want to say blah. I want to say, I thought it was really cute. Like the lead up to it, that they were like going through like mausoleum shopping, such a saucy thing to do. I, I thought it was cute that you know she was talking about all this stupid shit. Like, I laughed when she's like, "Well, you know, when I die, you can be." alone for the rest of your life but like look at me in this gorgeous thing because you know you can't date people after i die like cute moments like that i love or like ooh, i love those old letters and he's like you mean latin <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no so i thought the lead up was so cute it's such a cute little date and you know knowing that Bo obviously was probably freaking out inside and she didn't have an idea what was going on i think i just wanted 
And I know it's, like, tacky to say, but I feel like I wanted, like, more of a reaction, mm. if that makes sense. You thought Saucy appeared underwhelmed? Not underwhelmed, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how to express it, but it's, like, so I don't, I, I think she was genuinely surprised. Do you think she was surprised? Yes. I don't think she thought it was going to happen right there. And I actually think the fact that they were at a cemetery played well um, to Bo's anxiety because he was visibly anxious. Yeah. But I think she assumed it was because he was surrounded by death and wasn't comfortable with that. Right. Like a normal person. Right. Exactly. So I think Uh, the setting was perfect in that regard. Um, But yeah, I think she uh, was surprised because I don't think she sensed his anxiety to be one born out of him being on the precipice of proposing to her. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like... Can I say something here? I I agree. I I actually remember thinking to myself, why aren't they being more physical? Uh She immediately says, oh, let's sit down on the bench. And they're sitting like a couple feet apart. And I'm sorry for overanalyzing this. (laughs) But I I think... I guess we're doing a recap. It's what you do best. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, but I actually, I think that's why we both had this sense. I, I agree with you. I didn't. I don't know if she was underwhelmed, but yeah, something did feel a little off in terms of yeah. energy. And yeah. I wonder if she like just, you know, jumped into his arms and you know what I mean? And they had this huge display of affection. Yeah. Maybe it would have had a little bit of that commensurate energy level to being proposed right that you'd expect when someone gets proposed to and i'm not saying like I, i'm not I, I don't i hate pda like if dallas even like grazes my hand i slap him across the face like i don't like it and i'm not saying like jump into his arms spin around in a circle like <laughs> fall on the ground and make out like rolling down a hill like i'm not saying that but i just I felt like it was like, oh my gosh. And then they kissed and then they sat down and then she only talked about the ring. Like she just kept, was like, I get to wear this forever. Oh my gosh. Ring, ring, ring. And and then instantly called like Katie and Lala. And I was just like, I wanted it to be like, I feel like we've seen such emotional, raw, real, like kind of deep moments between the two of them over the past couple years. And it felt like their proposal was like one of the least deep moment and i'm not i don't know it fell flat it it had the cute factor but i think from an energy standpoint you're absolutely right it it fell flat you know and i I think a part of it was that stassi was expecting it you know she was surprised in that exact moment but she knew it was coming and i think i almost would have liked liked a little bit of like oh my god like you've been lying to me you're so crazy like I don't know more like more outwardly realizing what was going on and for all I know she was in shock and they were both in shock and you know how does you never know how you're going to react when something like that happens and obviously neither of us know how that moment is for people but I don't know I just felt like it was like and I guess I I told Dallas when you were watching this I was like I guess like there's also that thing of like we were we knew this was going to happen all season I mean we knew this was going to happen since last year. If you follow them on social media, obviously you saw that they got engaged. So there was buildup. There was anticipation. But also the element of surprise wasn't there from the audience point of view because we knew that he was doing it on that day and obviously all that stuff. So, yeah. I guess it's impossible to, like, create the same element of surprise for the audience, but it just felt kind of like... I was, like, anxious and nervous going up to it and then it just happened and then I was like, oh, okay. 
And you have to consider the fact that there are cameras all around Stasi yeah. in that moment. It definitely changes your reaction when you have a bunch of cameras on you. She had a drone on her, <laughs> as yeah. we know from that last shot. Yeah. So you have all these cameras surrounding you. You have a drone on you. Uh, you know, she may have not given us her authentic reaction because of that. Um, you know, I but think I you need to be truly shocked, like truly yeah. shocked to like really forget that the cameras are there, right? Yeah. Or be such in the heat of the moment that you forget the cameras are there or so inebriated, right? Yeah. She was none of those things. I think she's been doing it for so long that I almost don't give her the excuse of like knowing the cameras are there. To me, Bo, who's only been on camera for two years now, seemed more natural in the moment than, than Stassi was. So... I don't know. I don't. I don't. There's less like pressure that. on him. There's more pressure on Stassi to give that reaction, right? Yeah. Like, look at us now. We're pl- we're doing the play-by-play analysis. Yeah. You know what I True. mean? Um, you know who had, I think, a great reaction, and I think everyone would say had a great reaction. Katie. I kind of forget how he proposed. He proposed by having these two actors. Oh my god! Oh my fake god! Fake oh a god. proposal at dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Schwartz goes and interrupts them, right? And he's like, hey, man, what are you guys doing? You're embarrassing me in front of my girlfriend. And then grabs the ring and then gets on one knee and proposes to Katie. I hated that, but I loved that. I I hated that, but at the same time, Katie's shock in that moment was super real. Yeah, I need to watch that on YouTube or something. And because she was at dinner, she probably had a couple drinks, so there was a little bit of that inebriation factor. Um, She was so shocked in part because, you know, the lead up to it was insane. (laughs) But also, she really wasn't sure Schwartz was going to propose. That was a big question mark at the time. True. I think, like, yeah, that that makes sense. Because who fucking knew if Tom Schwartz was ever going to propose, let alone Katie not knowing Whereas it was unspoken. It was spoken and unspoken at the same time that Bo was like, I'm gonna fucking propose to you. Just calm the fuck down. Like, let me do it on my own time. So it was never the, it wasn't the question of if, it was the question of when. It almost would have been better if Bo feigned like he wasn't ever going to propose. Yeah. Maybe said some stuff like, you know, Stasi, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to get married, you know? Like, maybe that's not me. And, And then surprised her. Or if, you know what? This, and this is, pure psychopath behavior that I'm glad he didn't do but like could be funny is because they got in like the fight the next the night before if he like didn't forgive her that morning and was like grumpy all morning like they still did the whole like mausoleum thing but he was like I'm mad at you but like faking it and then like she wouldn't have expected it then but uh, but you don't know how that's gonna play though it it may not play well because she may be so down in the dumps all day her mood would be so bad no, that she wouldn't appreciate it as much. It would be t- a terrible idea. I <laughs> hope that nobody ever pretends to be mad at someone the day they're going to propose. Like, <laughs> but I'm just saying for pure fun of us watching it, that could have been fun. Yeah, and I, I really do believe that Schwartz's proposal worked so well because he did the promise ring thing. He said he wasn't sure he was going to get married to Katie. I mean, he, a year before that, he proposed, he cheated on her. I mean, he really... Pulled out all the stops to make sure that that was going to be an amazing, shocking proposal. Yeah, it was all the whole relationship was part of his plan just to get the perfect proposal. So (laughs) smart guy, smart guy. (laughs) Pro tip, have an affair in Vegas before you want to propose. 
Otherwise, it just won't be. It will be underwhelming. It's the only way. <laughs> um. Okay. So I. I mean, I think we broke down the proposal, right? We broke it down. Yeah, I think probably more in depth than anyone would have expected. <laughs> no, here's the thing, Armin. We we go way too into depth and shit. Like on this thing like they expected at this point you went on you went on a 30 minute conspiracy theory about how stassi has been working up to this moment getting Kristen out of the group for like eight years oh i fully believe that <laughs> i know you do <laughs> but that's what i'm saying like i don't think anybody expects us to not go way too in depth in something like this at this point fair I we mean- also got mad at each other over a psychic scene involving dana and sheena like that is a sentence nobody should ever speak yet here we are (laughs) of our like mildly different interpretation of a psychic ambush we essentially thought the same thing but just weren't able to like explain to each other what we were thinking so we just like got mad um Um, speaking of getting mad oh god (laughs) carter texted yeah that that was natural that was real you didn't have to force that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those are the best segues. Um, Carter texted Bo the following. Don't forget to thank Kristen for hooking you guys up. She made it happen, and now you and Stassi treat her like shit. That's some cold-blooded shit right there. Thoughts on the text, Ray? I don't like it. I don't like that he said shit twice. You don't I like just, the redundancy? Well, it's just, I don't know. I'm like, come on, be creative with like your words. If If you wanted to hit hard, like using the same word twice is like not that effective um he could have just said that's cold-blooded right there yeah he should have said that's cold-blooded right there yeah a little that tighter was, just a little bit that, tighter mm-hmm. and i believe if you're gonna send like a mean text it needs to be tight <laughs> um so that was my first and honestly that was my first reaction i was like nope didn't hit hard enough should have been better right right secondly like what <laughs> like you haven't even been on like no. I just was like, no. <laughs> it was weird. It's a weird text to send. It doesn't look good for Kristen. I mean, I know Kristen like reacts later and is like smiling and she's like, he stuck up for me. Like classic Kristen reaction to that. But like, I don't know. I think, and she even said it too. She's like, well, you know, this is going to end up being my fault and people are going to be getting mad at me because of what Carter said, whatever. And I agree. I'm like, I don't think, I don't think it helped anyone in the situation. Especially Kristen. That's the thing, though. Carter is being Kristen's mouthpiece here. I know, but, like, I don't think that's a good luck. Kristen isn't saying it because that's not a good luck. But Kristen clearly was a little bit psyched that Carter said it. I know, but I'm saying that, like, at the end of the day, they don't care as much about Carter. So they're not really going to get mad at Carter for saying that. I mean, they might, but it's really the the brunt of it is going to fall onto Kristen. Kristen wants to say that, but she doesn't say it. Well, see, a part of me believes that Kristen wanted Carter to say that because then the blame would be put on Carter potentially, and she could not take the blame for something she actually believes, right? Yeah, but I just don't see it working that way. You think she will still get blamed for it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even Stassi said it in the car. She she says, see, and this is why I don't like them. Right. And she said, so it's like Kristen's automatically involved in what Carter said. And she's, even though she didn't say it, she's getting just as much, if not more, you know, retaliation from it because 
they're grouped together at that point. And it's not like Bo and Stassi where, like, Bo was friends with Kristen before or, like, whatever. Like, I don't really think Carter's, like, good friends with anyone in the group and he was just, like, there because of Kristen. You know, so I don't think anyone has loyalty to Carter in the end. No, it it, it never really felt like that. If the, If any of them were close to Carter, then it just never came through on social media or on the show. Right, and so that's why I'm thinking, like, okay, he can send this text and they can kind of just be like, all right, well, fuck this guy. We don't even like hang out with him anymore. He's not a friend who cares about him. Whereas they can't, you know, they're gonna they're gonna react strong, more strongly towards Kristen. It's it's also just such a t- terrible text to send. Like, I, and I love the drama, yeah. but it but doesn't even rise to the level. You know what I mean of being drama? Because like, in the end, Stassi and Bo just kind of brush it off. They're like, okay, this guy's an idiot. Well, because of course, like, I, I would say I would think even the text would be more you know, effective a couple days later mm. to send it mere, you know, within the hour or two of it happening. Cause they were still in the car driving. Right. I assume like Lisa's or something, you know, what, why would you send it so soon? They're not going to give a shit. They don't give a shit about you. Why are they going to let that weird text ruin their moment? Like, I don't know. I think anyone, if they got that text right after getting engaged would be like, okay, Whereas maybe if they sent it three three days later, they'd be like, "What? What? You know, once the <laughs> once the fairy tale ideas have faded away, right? They're like on such a high. But I think at the at the same time, they're so clear minded about the fact that yes, Kristen did hook us up. I guess we're thankful for that, but like we're not beholden to her forever because of it. I think that they are very clear about that." Yeah, and they even I think Stassi even said that last week. She's like, well, what, do I owe her my fucking life because she introduced us? Like, no. Um, which I agree with. I don't think they owe her, Kristen, you know, their entire life. But I don't know. I've been a, I've been a Kristen empath, empath. Is that a word? Empath? <laughs> empath is, yeah. Uh, first time I've ever used it. I've been a uh, Christian empath all week. I mean, all season. (laughs) (laughs) For one single week, you've empathized with Christian. It's been a crazy week. (laughs) No, all season, because I I do feel bad for her. I think it's insane that, you know, she's getting ostracized so terribly from the group. And it even started a little bit last season, but it's to a bigger extent this season. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's crazy when Lisa Vanderpump is saying, I think Kristen should be here. Well, you know what I feel about that. I feel like that's just Lisa being a contrarian because she knows being a contrarian will cause drama. Like I said last week, if Kristen was in with the group, then Lisa would say, Kristen's not allowed at my house because that's what Lisa has said for like five seasons now. But because Kristen's on the outs, now she's like, oh, Kristen has to come. I know, but I still think at the... I think... I feel like Lisa puts so much emphasis on weddings. Like she's a true marriage crazy person. Like she is obsessed with weddings. I think Lisa Vanderpump and the idea of marriage and love and like how big of a deal it is and all that stuff. I truly believe that Lisa say in an alternate universe where Kristen was still friends with them, Lisa would let her come to the engagement party because I think Lisa at the end of the day does believe it's a big enough deal where Kristen should be there. Right, yeah. She would ultimately relent, but like after a little bit of fuss, which creates a drama and, and it leads into a commercial break where it's like Lisa, where Lisa goes, well, well um, 
yeah, it, I don't know if I want her to come. And then it right. gets to commercial. I, yes, there would obviously be a little bit of fuss, but I think that, I do believe that Lisa saying, I think Kristen should come, but if you don't want her there, don't bring her, is true. I think that that's her true sentiment, that it's up to you guys the decision. My personal thing is you might regret not having her there down the road if your friendship is revived. But if not, that's up to you guys. And she's not going to like beg for Kristen to come, obviously, but... I don't know. I think I'll 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 always side on 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 the Lisa Vanderpump is being a master manipulator producer. But you know what? I, I agree to disagree. I always side on that too, but I think that she has she does have a human part to her soul down there too. You think she has a human part? She has like one human part at least, I feel. <laughs> on her whole body like there has to be like one. Um By the way, speaking of the Kristen scene, um I I love the fact that Jax hyped himself up as this like expert grass guy. He's like, I know every kind of grass, Kentucky blue grass, like this kind of grass. And I'm just like the best lawnmower in the game. And the dude shows up with a dead battery. Like, like that seems like the simplest part of it. Yeah. And he, and he couldn't even do that. Right. I hated that whole thing. I was like, this is stupid. (laughs) And then it like breaks and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what was the point? That was awesome. Um, oh, we should talk about Dana and Brett talking about Max. Um, I think we've been pretty well established as huge Dana fans. Yeah. But we're not so into Brett. But um, there seems to be a collision happening here between uh, this, this person that we really like and uh, someone that we don't enjoy so much. Because Dana talks with Brett, tells Brett how... She wishes that she met him before Max because uh, Max is like too much of a boy. To and she even says that Brett is like more uh, emotionally and 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 intellectually um, mature. Yeah. Right. And Max, in that sense, is more boyish. And then she even says like Brett hugs her and grabs her like a man, but when she hugs Max, like she feels like she's gonna break his arm. So, you know, right? You you've made your feelings quite clear. You're you're not a huge fan of Brett, but but you love Dana. Even last week, I think you said that like Dana's been you know an expert reality TV person, basically like you know yeah. because of the way she handled the psychic ambush. Um, <laughs> what what do you think about this budding relationship here? Okay, um, so I hate myself. Like I really don't know who I don't know who I am. I don't know who I trust in myself anymore. I don't know if I have any working brain cells at this point. <laughs> I unfortunately was incredibly attracted to Brat, Brat, Brat last episode. <laughs> I said Brat. So you've come full circle because I remember you initially you were super attracted to Brett and then you said you were no longer attracted to Brett, but now you're yeah. fully attracted to Brett. Well, so it was attract it was an attraction to Brett because he wasn't really on the season. He just kind of they kind of just like showed him with his shirt off and I was like, okay, but he didn't really talk. And then he started talking and I was like, oh God, no. And then now he's, like, talking, but he's, I don't know. I'm, like, physically I'm attracted to him now. I thought he looked really hot, like, in this scene that we're talking about right now. Like, something about him, like, chewing on a pen with, like, half of his shirt unbuttoned. I was, like, kind of into it. I don't know. It was something about his look that I was, like, extremely attracted to. I still don't like when he talks. So it's, like, I'm not really a fan of, like, his personality, which I famously have said, he doesn't have one 
So I'm not like so much attracted to him like as a person. I do think Dana is better than him. I, I, I'm team Danica on this. That she, she can do, do better. better. Yeah, I think that I think Dana is a lot smarter than Brett, and I think she's, I think she's falling into this like, okay, well, what happened with Max is over, and so now I need a guy, and Brett is still hot, so I can just kind of like tweak what I think about him to like make it work. So do you think, think she's tricking herself into believing that Brett is this like super emotionally mature person? Yeah, because like he's not, and. Like, their conversations that they have, I think she likes to pretend that they're deep, but I'm like, they're not, girl. Right, that's what she keeps <laughs> saying. Like, we have these, like, deep intellectual conversations. Yeah, and I'm like, no, you don't. I just think Brett, like, Brett, like, Brett says out loud, he did it on his date with Charlie, he did it on his first date with Dana, and then he did it again last night, is he says out loud that he likes having deep conversations and he likes to get emotional with people to convince the person he's talking to that the conversation they're having is deep and emotional. But really, they don't talk about anything deep and emotional. They only talk about how he likes things to be deep and emotional. It's like the inverse of subliminal messaging. He's just like beating it into you. Like we're having a deep and thoughtful conversation. We're having a deep and thoughtful conversation. And then you're like, yeah, we, uh, we had a deep and thoughtful conversation. Right. And like, if you circle back to like his date with Charlie, where they got like juice, (laughs) he talked for like 20 minutes about his ex-girlfriend, basically like ranting about what was wrong with the relationship and why they broke up. And to him, I think that constitutes a deep and emotional conversation but I'm like, no, you just need to go to therapy. Like, you're pushing, like, you're talking about your relationship to a girl. That's not a, that's not a deep conversation in general. Like, and I don't think it's Charlie's a recounting like, of historical events. Right. And Charlie, like, didn't get a word in edgewise. So, like, that's not really a conversation. That's just like a monologue. Right. Right. Okay. Um, I want to circle back to how you like Brett now, though, despite everything you just said. Okay. Do you think you like Brett again because of his association with Dana? It, it's sort of like love by association. No. Um, here's the thing. It's like, well, once again, I, I don't like when he talks. So it's not really about the conversations he's having. Because like when he would talk with like Sheena, like there was an episode a couple or the scene a couple episodes where he was like, I remember when he's like, I, I could call you up after having sex with the girl being like, bro, like, like this is the girl I just hooked up with and I'm like that's the fucking weirdest thing I've ever heard in my entire life to say to anyone so it's like that conversation was like uncomfortable for me but I wasn't attracted to him or the club conversation last week which you hated I mean every time he talks I hate it I don't want him to speak I wish he was a a mime like (laughs) I would rather him just like kind of sit around and like be there but like not really speak and I don't know maybe I guess sitting next to Dana I will say his conversations with Dana are like at least a little bit less cringy than they are with other people, but I still just don't believe he has personality. I just think, I don't know, something about him like in that scene with like multiple pens on his body was like really hot to me. And then also I'm a sucker for guy in baseball pants, like literally put on a pair of baseball pants and like I'm down. So I was unfortunately attracted to him in the baseball scene later on, but I was also attracted to like pretty much everybody else on screen. So <laughs> Except Tom Schwartz. I got mad at Tom Schwartz because he was wearing, like, baggy sweatpants. And I'm like, what's the point of you? <laughs> I famously have a crush on Tom Schwartz since day one. But, I mean, that's 
very vintage shorts. He wears moo-moos. He'll wear baggy pants. Like, he's not going to wow you with style. I know, but I'm just like, come on. The one person I wanted to see in tight baseball pants was Tom Shorts more than anyone else. I'm really starting to believe, though, that your attraction to Brett is an attraction by association, though. I think because of how much you respect Dana... And because Dana finds Brett so attractive, you now find Brett attractive again, even though for a long period of time you did not find him attractive. All right. Now I feel like we're psychoanalyzing like me as a person, which is not what this is about. And actually, like I don't want people to see the inner workings of my mind. <laughs> if that's what you want to believe, like sure. I'm not really gonna like psychoanalyze it right now because that's too much for me and I'm already in like a dark place by not leaving my apartment. <laughs> so don't need to like analyze my attraction to straight like past racist men (laughs) um speaking of tweets uh do you want to talk about sheena's tweet in regards to this conversation yeah so before this uh armin and i were talking we mentioned sheena uh flirting with nikolai who's stassi's younger brother we didn't really have to discuss that scene because we thought it was stupid just so weird it was just weird and like i also believe in like they edited it together like I think that Sheena was talking about dating younger men, like, in a totally different confessional, and they just, like, edited it to that scene. Oh, that would be so dirty if they did that. No, they absolutely did that. I don't think they said, in the confessional, so, were you flirting with her 15-year-old brother? Like, no. (laughs) They used a different confessional, absolutely. Like, what she was saying wasn't that weird. She was just like, oh, you're, like, so much older than last time I saw you. Like, whatever. Any hoosers. So I was like, Sheena... Sheena tweets about the episode, like, we'll usually tweet about her reactions to the episode, especially in regards to herself. (laughs) So I was like, I wonder if she said anything about the Nikolai thing, but she didn't. The only thing she tweeted was that she was bothered by Dana. She didn't use Dana's name, but she said, I don't think anyone should be body shamed about being too fat or too skinny whether you're a man or a woman. Like, I've been body shamed for both things and it sucks. So just, like, Max, I want you to come over and give me a hug. And I'll never worry about breaking your arms. And I was like, oh, my God, that is not what that was, Sheena, please. Because Dana said, like, I feel like I'm going to break his arms when I hug Max. And I don't know. What I took it as is that I feel like, okay, maybe Dana and Sheena aren't friends right now in real life, like, in real life time. Right. Because if her and Dana were friends, she, like, wouldn't have tweeted that. Because to me, that's just, like, that's, like, unnecessarily dragging Dana. Yeah, I mean, with all the real body shaming that goes on, to use this as an example of body shaming... Right, it's terrible. It, it, it kind of, like, makes the term lose its definition, to be honest. Yeah, it's a stretch. It's definitely a stretch. To me, it's, to me it seemed like a dig at Dana, like, trying to get people to, like, hate on Dana online, which to me feels like a cheap, a low blow. And it also is nonsensical. Like, I read the comments or the replies to it, and people were like, Sheena, like, I love you, but that's not what this was. Like, no, calm down, girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like bo- the term body shaming would lose all power and meaning if you yeah. were to call Dana, Dana's, like, you know, whatever comments, like, body shaming. They just, they weren't that. They weren't that serious. Um, body shaming. Ooh. Is that good? That was a good. Speaking of body shaming, we did have a kind of sweet scene between... I feel like we're hopping all over the episode right now, but you guys are used to that. This is chaotic. <laughs> um, we had a sweet scene between Katie and James Kennedy at the baseball game. It was 
I thought it was sweet. I thought Katie was like not into it. I I feel like Katie and James haven't spoken face to face in like two years. Right. So you could Bully. tell that it was miserable <laughs> for both of them. But you know, James is sober and he was at his month of sobriety at this point and part of I think most people know part of AA is you're supposed to like go and apologize and you know try to you know you've apologized to people you've wronged in your past so we can all agree that someone he targeted a lot was Katie over the years so he apologized and he was like I'm I'm sorry for everything he said it was inappropriate blah 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 Katie's response was, is this the last time you're going to apologize because I've heard this before? And James said, yes, I'm done. You know, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was sweet. It wasn't anything. I, you know, Katie didn't, like, give him a hug and say, I'm so proud of you, like, blah, blah, blah. But she was kind enough to the point of someone who you have had terrible relationship with, you know, saying, you know, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you're sober and I hope happy you're doing well. And I accept your apology and I appreciate your apology. Yeah. And I actually think she does say, I'm proud of you. Does she say I'm proud of you? Yeah. I think she does say, I'm proud of you. I don't think those two will ever be huggy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was waiting for a hug and I was like, this is so awkward. But she even said in her confessional that she thought it was sincere. And I think it was sincere. I think James is genuinely going through the steps and he's oh, taking it very seriously. As we know, he's still sober to this day. Yeah, I think he's taking it seriously. I think it's... And here's the thing is we we were talking in prior weeks about getting him off the show. And I think if he, if he were to make amends with everyone the way he's attempting to right now and get back on track, like, I could see him sticking around and being actually, like, a benefit to the show. Because I think that James, when he's isn't being an asshole, is great entertainment. And I think he's hilarious. And I think he's funny. And he's fun to watch. But the last two seasons have been nothing but depressing when it comes to him. Like, it's fully depressing to watch him on screen. But I, I, I could see if he makes amends with people and whatever. I, I wouldn't mind having him on the show still. Hopefully he's still sober, but I think he's great entertainment when he's not attacking people. He's great entertainment all around. Because I, I think you would agree that he was even great entertainment when he was attacking people. Yeah, 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 for sure. Him attacking people was the height of his entertainment. I absolutely agree with that. But I'm not selfish enough to say I hope that he breaks his sobriety and starts attacking people just for, like, the benefit of me being entertained. Agreed. 100% agreed. I I will say, I wouldn't mind if someone else took that role, though. Like, maybe someone without a legitimate alcohol problem. But, like, I miss the, like, attacks and the yelling. Like, you know. Of course. That was a staple of rules. Yeah, all we talk about is how what we miss about it, but I know. I guess if someone else if someone else could do that without the like dark nature of an alcohol problem, like I would not be mad. I mean, that's the pinnacle, right? That's the uh, that's the balance that we need. We you always need a villain, that's for sure. I, Jax played that role for a very long time, and so did James. Yeah. Um, Jax yeah. has become basically irrelevant, although based on the previews, it does seem like he's going to fill that villain role again. Yeah, he's been kind of MAA, which was like to many a many a viewer's likening. I was very happy to not have him on here. But I think he's coming back in the next couple of weeks. Unfortunately. And we saw a little bit of that villain Jax in this episode when he was just like talking a lot of shit um, on, on Sandoval, um, at Sandoval during the softball game. But I don't know. It just... It it didn't have any weight to it. Like, okay, like, Jax is talking shit. uh, I would say Jax is, like, 
Jax's biggest asshole moment was bringing up Carter's text during the during the engagement dinner at Lisa's. And, you know, Stassi and I think Katie or someone was like, okay, we don't want to talk about that. Like, don't respond to it. Like, we don't. Right. It doesn't matter to us. Like, leave it be. And Jax was like, no, I'm going to say something. And then finally Brittany was like, Jax, don't do it, Jax. <laughs> and then he, like, stopped, I think. But I was like, dude, get over it. Like, it's just classic Jax wanting to make it about him and wanting to stir the pot and cause drama. But, you know, there's a time and a place, I think, just like the text was inappropriate to send trying to start drama at their engagement party over something so stupid is inappropriate. Don't do it then. Wait a couple days to start drama is all I'm saying. PSA. This is today's PSA. If you're going to start drama and there's a big life event that happened, give it two days and then start drama. Okay, can I disagree with you here? I want to have a opposite PSA. A PSA, if there is a major life event, that's the perfect time to start some drama. And I'm going to cite an example, Sheena's Engagement Party, season two, infamously, where Sandoval punches Jax, getting retaliation over Jax sleeping with his then-girlfriend, Kristen Doty. Is that when when Sheena um, cuts her foot? No, okay, that's another life event. Sheena's birthday party, which is the uh, season three premiere. I believe uh, that that episode is called Insta Fight, and that is when um, Sandoval and James get into a massive brawl. Okay, here's my okay, and then okay, okay, we're gonna find we're gonna find a we're gonna find a compromise PSA. So this is the compromise PSA. If there's a major life event, do not start drama. That will affect the immediate life eventy until two days later. But feel free to start drama with a side player mm. immediately at said life event if it feels appropriate. Or how about this? How about this? Because in, in the season three premiere, Sheena famously was caught up right in the fray, even though it was with a side player, technically, James Kennedy, right? Yeah. Um, she ended up getting the brunt of it because her foot got sliced open. She had to go to the hospital. We love that. Exactly. So here's my compromise PSA. PSA, do not start a major drama until two days after a major life event unless it happens to be Sheena's major life event. Okay, fine, 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 fine. You can always start drama if it's Sheena's major life event. Otherwise, give it two days if it includes the person whose major life event is occurring. There you go. Because another great moment was when Kristen Doty punched James Punches. Kennedy in the face at Sheena's wedding. Wedding, right. So Sheena major that- life events, totally cool. Do whatever right. you want. Any other major yeah. life event? Wait a couple days. Two days. All I'm saying is two days. 48 hours. Also, Stassi's birthday, um, that's on limits, not off limits. Because Marrakesh. No, yeah. But like, Stassi's, Part of Stassi's birthday present is that she wants drama at her parties. Let's be real. Right, 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 right. Engagement parties, though, not so much. Engagement party, no. Birthday parties, yes. Storming out on Bo, throwing her phone on the ground, having a mental breakdown, you know, dick punching or heart punching his dick. Dick punching his heart? Dick punching his heart. Hmm. I I still haven't figured that one out. Yeah, me neither. Um, So so this is a PSA with a lot of conditions, but it's still a PSA. Yeah, we'll like send the fine print to you guys later just so you know like kind of how to handle this PSA, but you guys get the gist of it. Um the other the only other to me dramatic part of 
the engagement wedding, engagement wedding, engagement party was the Lala call. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we can all agree Lala is not looking cute this season in terms of her, her actions and her words. She called Kristen before the party started, after the engagement, post-engagement, pre-party, post-proposal, pre-party. Right. To call Kristen. And her, she says her intention was to check in on Kristen and see how she was doing. I don't think anywhere in that phone call was an ounce of checking in to see how she was doing. I think it was checking in to rub in her face that Kristen wasn't there. Oh, I mean, 10,000%. That was a um, producer saying, la la, call Kristen because we need some content where uh, Kristen reacts to the news, to the IG post, yeah. um, in which uh, uh, Stassi and Bo announced their engagement. See, but I even <clears throat> I even think this is something Lala would do on her own because Lala loves to promote herself as this kind, caring person who's, now that she's sober, she's all good and all love and has no bad bone inside of her. But clearly she had, her intentions were to upset Kristen, but she's going to pretend like it was to check in. And then when Kristen doesn't, you know, react kindly and calmly, then now suddenly Kristen's the crazy one and Lala hangs up on her. Which, by the way, there's some symmetry there with how she acted towards Raquel, where it's like, Raquel, I want to be there for you as uh, you support James through sobriety. You know, I was there. This is a check-in. You know, I went through AA. Now he's going through AA. Oh, and by the way, uh, let me bring up this time when uh, Logan spread this rumor that uh, your uh, boyfriend James was cheating on you uh, with Logan. Uh, Is that a check-in? But I'm just checking in. And, you know... To both Raquel and Kristen's, you know, favor. That's not the right right phrase, but you know what I'm saying. Um, They both shut her down. And Kristen goes, you're not checking in on me, Lala. You are rubbing in that I'm not there. And I know that you're not, I'm not there. I know you guys are having a party. I know I'm not invited. Like, whatever. And then Lala's like, all right, whatever, Kristen, bye. And like hangs up. And it's like, what? Oh, can we talk about how weird it was that Lisa left an empty spot for Kristen. Yeah. That's weird because, I mean, at that point you knew she wasn't coming. Yeah, that was weird. That's very just drama. Yeah. I mean, it's like simply take the chair out and just scoot up, you know, give someone a little bit more space on either end. Uh, They're all like, they're all touching knees. Like, why is this so cramped? We have to save a spot for Kristen's ghost. In case she shows up, crazy Kristen shows up. Um, I would have loved that. She should have, she knows where she lives. I know. That's the thing. I would have crashed that. Yeah, I know. I feel like Lisa has like seven security gates before she can get in. Yeah. And who wanted her there? Lisa Vanderpump. To robe. So. Um, I think the only thing we didn't cover was the bat moment. Yeah. The softball game was fun. I, I liked the softball game. There wasn't drama. I think it was just fun. And it was a good way to end the episode, I think. You know, right? It kind of reminded me of a season one event because honestly, it was kind of poorly produced. Like, how are they all wearing the same jersey color? Like, that's terrible. That's terrible for TV. Like, I could never tell what was happening, really. No, I didn't know who was on whose team. I was like, what's going on here? Exactly. Like, you would want yeah. someone in bright pink, which yeah. should have been the Sir team. Sir, yeah. 
and then Tom and Tom because Tom Tom has a little bit of a darker aesthetic. They would they sh- they could be in black. Yeah. Um, terrible costuming, and other than that, just like generally like just like fun low stakes drama. Got the whole crew out there. Um, the Tom Sandoval montage of him yelling at people was hilarious. So Tom Sandoval, Dallas was like. Okay, it's just a game. Stop taking it so seriously. Like, I hate people who take it that seriously. And I was like, so you, Dallas. There's all <laughs> The irony of taking it so seriously as you get mad there's at someone always, else taking it seriously. There's always one person who just takes it too seriously. I played kickball. I played, like, in the Chicago, like, rec league or whatever for kickball this past fall or spring or whatever the fuck. And, like, every team we played there was like one person who just like would rebut every rule that the umpire made like well you said that and i'm like dude who fucking cares like we're kind of drunk like there's no prize like it's an hour on a monday night just like fucking chill out and there's always that one person who takes it so seriously and i hate that person and sandoval Um, famously takes everything seriously right like i remember last season at raquel's dog shower thing Oh my god, yeah, her puppy party. Her puppy party. And they had some sort of game, like a like a toss the dog poop game. Remember remember that? Yeah. The dog the dog poop toss, yeah. And Sandoval was taking it so seriously. That's just yeah. what he does, and it's kind of endearing. It's one of those one of his idiosyncrasies. Um so I so, loved it. I thought that was actually a great montage. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. I was we were both cracking up. It's because it's so Tom Sandoval. Like, of course he's the one who's who's taking it like way too seriously like that's just it's just him to a t and it's hilarious i'm just making a side commentary that like if you are that person and you're not tom sandoval fuck you like you're uh, super fucking annoying um psa only tom sandoval could have the taking things too seriously idiosyncrasy yeah there can only be one and it's tom sandoval (laughs) um yeah it was funny i think our girl raquel got a good moment with not only calling Jax a dick after Jax made an unnecessary dig at her um but then to hit the ball and do her whole little leap, hop, and a skip to the base. I think, you know, our our good old Raquel had her moments. I mean, she showed Jax up. You know, Jax calls her out after he calls Sandoval out because the whole time he's just berating Sandoval. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Sandoval, I wouldn't trade a single member of my team for you. Well, except for Raquel. No, he said, I wouldn't even trade Raquel. Right. Oh, right, right, right. I w- but still, basically, but that's still. the point he's making. She's the worst member of the team. I wouldn't even trade her for you. Right, and he knows he's being offensive because he instantly turns to her and says, no offense, Raquel. Right, but his instinct is to be a, a dick. A dick, yeah. So no- then Raquel rolls up to uh, Bat, and she you know, she hit a long ball. Like, that, like, I think if she didn't like skip, she could have actually maybe got a double or something, but I think she only got a single. That was my thing. I was like, girl you could have like gotten really far if you just like ran but okay whatever i'll leave i'll leave it be but i will say right i did promise you before the episode as going to provide a real analysis of this game oh, i have to go oh my <laughs> you know how about you just add it in post just add it in post add it in post okay fine no no real quick i believe this came down to pitching mm. it wasn't quite a pitcher's duel in the traditional sense where you had two great pitchers going at it I believe you had a great pitcher in Sheena. Yes. Who was a great softball player. And you had a really bad pitcher in Schwartz. And Schwartz lost the game for Team Tom Tom. I think it came down to pitching. That's my analysis. I agree. Real simple, real clean. 
Sheena was great pitcher. Um, you know, I think I think Tom or I think Sir had just better leadership in general. Um, you know, having having a a, a team leader who some would call a coach. I've heard that's a phrase for team leader. A coach who's yelling at you constantly from the outfield about what you're doing wrong. Tom Sandoval. Not not great leadership. Tom Schwartz didn't wear the right pants. So who's gonna take him who's gonna take his coaching skills seriously wearing those pants? And meanwhile I think I don't know who it was Brett and uh Danica, I think were the team leaders for or for Sir. Yeah, they were the they co captains. They, they didn't really say much, but you know, it worked out in their favor because they won. I think they were disciplined, and I think they relied on their pitching, and Sheena came out to play. I mean, she was really good. I mean, she was striking out people. She was good. I was like, good for her. Um, yeah, Tom Schwartz even struck out once. That was funny. And uh, Ariana um, got the final out um, for her team, unfortunately, uh, losing the game. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, to, to kind of make matters worse, she slammed the bat into the ground, back up into her face, and gave herself a bloody mouth yeah i wasn't scared i was like i hope she didn't knock a tooth out um but i think she's fine it's funny because you referenced the ig photo last week and you're like yeah i bet like she probably got hit in the face with a ball yeah and it's like no well actually she slammed a bat into the ground and the ground just ricocheted back into her face that was a that was a rough one and i i don't know why she did that (laughs) I was confused as to the reasoning. Like, if anything, like, throw the bat, like, to the side or something. But weird reaction by her, and it did not pay off, unfortunately. But she was a good sport about it, at least. She was. I was proud of her, you know? I think she was I think she was frustrated at the loss, yeah. and she was taking it out on the ground, you know what I mean? Like, she was just like, ah, sure. like, I'm angry, and then... You know. But see, the thing is, is, like, I've... People, people hit the... You know, people hit bats on the ground but you're supposed to hold on to the bat still she let go of the bat giving it free you know velocity to go back up at her mouth where if she just held on to the bat and hit the ground it would have been a different story i think she's a novice yeah so just like psa next time anyone um is angry during baseball and wants to throw a bat on the ground totally acceptable just hold on to the other end of the bat don't let it go basically wield it like a hammer you want to just slam it on the ground in anger hammer. right hammer it away don't let go of it because uh, you don't know what where the blowback's going to go physics yeah physics physics famously we're a phys- we do physics podcasts so we are scientists and sports <laughs> spectators um i think that covers the damn episode i mean we really mentioned it all we, there's literally near but a thing to mention <laughs> um well it was great i i actually enjoyed this episode i, I will say this was one of the more enjoyable episodes in a while just you know, just based on what happened. It wasn't even that dramatic. There weren't any, like, no. fights or anything. But to me, it was enjoyable. And that's what I miss about the show. And we talked about this last time. is just enjoying it. And it, I enjoyed it. It was pleasant. And I, and I think that had to do with the focus on um, some of our more favorite cast members as opposed to last week was all about Sheena. The whole first half of the season was all about Jackson and Brittany. Yeah. You know, you center an episode around Stassi and Bo. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a pleasant hour. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did see a meme, and the caption was me gearing up for another episode of Vanderpump Rules, and it was um, someone putting on clown makeup. (laughs) (laughs) I did laugh at that. I was like, yep, absolutely. I agree. I am an idiot for still watching this show, but you can't get me off of it. I'm going to watch till the day I die. No, we're fully hooked. Well, can't we see what happens next time? It looks like more Jacks, so we'll be in a bad mood recording this next week, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it.
Plug yourself again, Rye. Plug myself again. You can find me on Instagram at Ryalk, R-Y-A-L-K, or on Twitter at The Real Ryalk. And you can follow Hot and Bravo at Hot and Bravo. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Holly Shook. Uh, if you're still listening to this, I bet you'd enjoy the Holly Shook podcast. Um, and if you uh, are, are not listening to this, then you wouldn't hear this. So that's just the matter. Yep. 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 So if you hear this, you like Holly Shook. That's the only rule. It's the rules. And if you don't, um, well, if you don't hear this, you'll also like Holly Shook. But, but, you, but they won't know. But they won't know to subscribe. That's what, that's what I was saying. We almost had such a clean ending and then we fucked it up with that. Well, you know, we'll get there next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.